You can't always depend on spring in northeast Iowa coinciding with the calendar. We know the spring season began a few days ago. The sun stays up longer each day. Most of us are even getting used to daylight savings time. I call it jet lag in the privacy of your own home. This podcast is about fishing and aimed at each of you who desires to get a fish on your line. Only the brave are out fishing right now, but the fish are active, especially walleye and a new species this far north, ring perch. But always active and ready to go is Bob Urban from Murray Bait and Tackle under the big walleye on the south end of Guttenberg. Bob, does it feel like spring yet? It is, Ken. It's uh, spring. It's going to be 50s again today. And I did want to mention to you, you're not you're not in the north yet, correct? That's right. I'm still in Florida, and I'm having a wonderful time, by the way, until the first of May. You missed uh, you missed some northern lights last night. Yeah. Did you see the photos of all that? It was I it was did. Crazy Isn't that there. amazing? These solar storms cause these. They are absolutely beautiful. Have you ever seen them before? I have. I was in South Dakota on a trip, and and uh, my little brother. Uh, as a meteorologist, and he likes doing those still shots um, yep. where it takes a million different pictures, and then it it does that. So I did get to see him uh, that night. I was delivering bait late last night for our wholesale business and came home, and I kind of forgot about that. It, it was even going on, so I just followed it on Facebook. And some really good pictures here out of Guttenberg uh, that I saw some of the local guys. When I was a little boy, my father, every night, would go outside and check the weather, just what he did. And we lived in a little ramshackle house with no outside lights uh, in central Oklahoma. Now, consider how far south that is. And uh, he came running back to the house, and he said, you got to come out here. You're never going to see this again in your lifetime. And we went outside, and the northern lights, as I now know what they are, were almost 40 degrees up on the horizon. And it was the most dazzling show of light you could imagine. And I'm a little boy. I'm like uh, nine years old, and it scared me. Yeah, and you're thinking I aliens or something probably, right? Now that I look back, you can go into the books, and it'll tell you exactly that date as the biggest solar storm of the 20th century. And I went outside at nine years old and witnessed that. So it is meaningful to me. Um, and then a couple of years ago, my wife and I took a trip over the top of Norway, and the northern lights are out just about every night. The problem was the ship we were on couldn't turn off all its lights, so we really couldn't see them as well as you wanted to, but they were there, and they are beautiful. And if you get in the right situation, they're just the aur- the aurora borealis is truly amazing. Yeah, that would be cool to see from a – like you said, out in the ocean would be the whole thing with nothing in your way. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Back to fishing, Bob. Have you had any decent fishing uh, luck among your anglers this past week? Yeah, so I think, Ken, we left off last week with brutal, brutal Friday temperatures, brutal Saturday temperatures, windy. What that did to the water temperature brought it right back down to 34 degrees. Uh, we were at 38 and we're back at 38 now. Our river is slowly rising, so it's actually a really good bite. It's pushing fish towards the shoreline, so now the guys from shore can fish. 
get into that time frame where the fish are thinking spawn, uh, 40, 42 degrees, that's when they really start feeding and, and getting excited for some different stuff. So feeding on uh, lots of hair jigs, lots of minnows we're selling, red worms. The bait business has been turned on a little bit. Yeah, so we're 100% into walleye and perch mode uh, for your spring fishermen. Uh, reason we're doing for that, we're feeding up for the spawn. The fish are moving. They're coming out of their wintering holes, and we're just waiting for that spawn. Temperatures aren't allowing for it. It's going back. It's really drawing out that, that bite, to be honest with you. Some days are good. Some days are bad. Um, last week, we had a, a little bit of a temperature change, and we're doing that every week, it seems like, those Thursdays we talked about. Walleye perch, I really wanted to talk about perch fishing today. Guys come into the store. We field calls all the time. It's a new type of fishing for a lot of us uh, within the last five years. We have really nice perch, yellow perch, ring perch. There's different names for them. My grandpa called sheephead perch or freshwater drum perch. Not those type of perch. It's not the sheephead we're going for. It's actually the ring perch or the yellow perch that folks are going from um, have a catch in a few a year to now we can and you can get get your limit in them pretty easy this time of the year. So it's a new species of fish on the upper Mississippi River. Um, I'd say you can start catching them at Bellevue and go all the way up the river and get them. Um, our three lock and dams, Genoa, Lynxville, and Guttenberg, are really, really good areas uh, where the perch numbers are. And uh, the DNR might know a little bit more about this. We might do some research on that and get with them. But um, I'm hearing that it's from the zebra mussels that are cleaning up the river, believe it or not. Tell me about what you're using for bait or lures to catch these rain perch. And I think we did a little bit on the fall. I had a guy fishing Bussy Lake. And I remember, if you recall, he couldn't get them last fall. You just need to be off the bottom of the river about 12 inches those perch are going to feed up um, they're pretty aggressive fish they're going to attack up you're going to get a bite that feels like a da, 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 like a several taps and you almost need to anticipate that bite it's just like what when you first walleye fish you've got to anticipate that bite is that a bite well that was a bite you missed the fish um, it's a whole different kind of fishing but you learn about it you learn from the mistakes of missing them um, you learn where they're at. You learn what they're feeding on. Right now, we have had four really good days in a row um, of a couple guys that have been going out and just, I would call it hammering perch, doing really, really well. Going to give up a couple other secrets. He comes in the stores and tells us. Um, again, it's keeping that worm off the bottom. He's using a crappie rig, which you come into the store, we can show them to you. They're just a double-hooked rig. Um, that you can use and just set on the bottom. Red worms are key. Little pieces of crawlers are key right now. Sometimes it'll switch over to the minnows. Sometimes you'll get bigger ones on minnows. Sometimes guys will put red worms and minnows on those two different hooks. There's a couple other options, Ken. There's tons of options to do, tons of rigs you can use to keep that red worm or that minnow off the bottom. These perch are going to be on the other side of current seams. They're going to be in backwater areas. They're not going to be out where the walleyes and saugers are as much right now. River's coming up slowly. Uh, temperature's getting around 40 degrees. We're getting the best of both worlds in both of those categories. That's why we're seeing success. Numbers of perch are really, really high. Uh, we noticed that ice fishing. I would say we got more perch than we did bluegills 
this ice season. It's going to be a nice fishery, a nice bonus fish, I call it, for folks to come up and try. Well, I'm happy for all of that, and uh, hopefully people who are looking for spring are going to probably be buying some equipment. You got anything new on the shelves in there that people could really use once they can uh, get into the fish, either from the shore or the boat? Yeah, we did uh, get some newer products. We have an old uh, whole end cap, and this is a local guy that we'll have on our podcast here in the future, the Ripper Minnow, which is a it's a jig and wrap bait. Uh, it's got a little beak on the end. It's meant for snap jigging. We got about 200 of those in. Guy's buying them right now. Uh, as I'm looking on the, in the store here, he's looking at them. And really good area for uh, on the on the dams or wing dams where you can cast them up and jig. Uh, it's been a really good bite on those snap jigs. And we're getting in once you get to 40, 45 degrees, snap jigging an aggressive bite is is pretty good where you use your blade baits and, and your jigging wraps and ripping wraps and stuff. They'll, they'll be a little bit more active of a bite. Bob, the big thing we want to talk about today is what's coming up, this walleye challenge. And the walleye challenge is being put on by Iowa DNR. This is their second year for it. You and I both generally got informed this week about what they're trying to do, and it's all about uh, documenting the walleye in the state now by any fisherman who wants to enter this uh, walleye challenge uh, that runs for about nine weeks. And you don't have to worry. I think it uh, could be a good way for DNR to get some good data, and uh, people could have some fun and win some prizes. Yeah, it's it's something I didn't know that was out there. They're really pushing it this year, and and we'll, we're excited to hear about what they have to offer, and we're definitely going to be donating to some of those prizes and stuff. Thanks, Bob, for your report on the fishing above and below the dam on the Mississippi River at Guttenberg. That's about 60 miles of river where you can surely find a place to fish. Now let's turn to our feature of the week, the Iowa Walleye Challenge Fishing Tournament, with a totally different format than any fishing tournament you've ever entered or even observed. It lasts from May through June. It is virtual, and you use your cell phone to document the fish you catch. Also, there's recognition and prizes for those of you who want to enter. Let's talk about walleye fishing, but more than that, the walleye fishery that is in the state of Iowa. We have some incredible areas across the state, uh, both lakes and rivers, that are producing walleye. But the DNR of Iowa wants to make this even better. And they'd like to know where we stand right now so that they can adapt their system within fisheries to be able to keep this walleye fishery like it is and accelerate it possibly. Joining me is Jeff Kopaska, who is the fisheries biometrician for the state of Iowa. First of all, what you do before we get into walleye, it sounds like that is an amazing job. It's uh, it's a great job. I enjoy it very much. I get uh, lots of opportunities to interact with our fisheries staff throughout the state, uh, anglers and uh, communicators such as yourself, and lots of folks in other states as well. There's only one of me here, so if I need to, you know, bounce ideas off of folks, I get to do that with folks from other states, and and we learn a lot from each other. So uh, my job is uh, really to 
make all of our staff more effective and efficient by trying to uh, help them with their analyses, by working with technology to make them more efficient and doing lots of cool things. Well, let's talk about walleye. If there's any fish in this state that seems that people want to catch, it's walleye. Tell me your observation of the, the, the fishery, and I know that's way too general, but what do you think of the uh, condition of the walleye fishery in at least parts of the state of Iowa? Well, let's start with, uh, you know, the goal, the, the perhaps unwritten goal of DNR fisheries is to shorten the time between bites. And uh, so what we're trying to do is if folks want to catch walleyes, we, we want to have that resource out there and available for them. So we put a lot of effort toward making that happen. Uh, We have expanded the walleye fisheries throughout the state. We've done lots and lots of research to determine the most effective ways to improve our stocking practices, to improve our practices within the hatchery, to improve habitat and expand quality habitat in lakes, in uh, rivers, in the Mississippi River. So we put a lot of time and effort into this, not just for walleyes, but for all species. But as you mentioned, Iowans really love to catch walleyes. I, uh, I oversee our surveys that we do of anglers. And uh, in our most recent statewide Iowa angler survey, the biggest gap between uh, for a species between what people want to catch and how many of them they actually catch was for walleyes. People really, really want to catch walleyes, and they would love for them to be more available in different parts of the state. Could you talk about this slot limit of not being able to keep walleye of a certain length that's going on in the state now? Yeah, we, uh, in fact, we just expanded that slot limit at Clear Lake in the past year. And the reason for a slot limit is is twofold. Um, we generally have that in our lake systems that we utilize for our hatchery resources. So we don't keep very many walleyes uh, year round. We do a little bit of that at Rathbun. But in our natural lakes in northern Iowa, we have that slot limit to protect those adult fish, which have lots of eggs and can provide that resource to us so that when we go out and collect them in the spring, we can harvest those eggs and we can fill our hatcheries and and create those coming future year classes of walleyes. So we want to allow folks to catch fish below the slot limit. We want to protect those fish within the slot for the the maintenance of, of future generations. And then we also want to allow for the harvest of a trophy. If someone, you know, catches a really nice big fish that they're proud of, they ought to be able to keep that. So, so that's what a slot limit exists for. Uh, an additional um, reason for a slot is so that if we have an overabundance of smaller fish below the slot that may be um, preying down upon the forage resources, by allowing the harvest of those fish, then um, the remaining fish smaller than the slot can potentially grow faster and get up into that protected slot where they're very beneficial for the overall population within a lake. 
Jeff, this slot limit over on the Mississippi River on Pool 10 and 11, I believe, is 20 to 27. But I understand that you have that assigned by fishery, so people need to check to make sure what the slot limit is, where they're fishing. That is correct, yes. Tell me about the upside of this on the big fish. If you hold this slot limit for a while, does that mean we're going to have more potential really big fish, or is it just going to bring the overall population up at the level that you want it? Uh, It's more of the latter, Um, and especially, you know, if we think about what's going on on the Mississippi River, uh, we're allowing the harvest of those great eater fish between you know, 15 and 20 inches, especially those 16 to 18 inches that uh, that really fit in the pan really well. And then the ones that contribute to the natural reproduction capacity of the Mississippi River are those between 20 and 27 inches. So we're really protecting that part of the population that allows it to sustain itself into the future. And then the reason for having that top out at uh, at 27 inches is to allow uh, those fish that have the capacity to get that large um, and, and grow beyond that, that those trophies are available. And if someone wants to harvest that, um, that's just fine. But the, the really big reason for having that protected slot is for the, the long-term maintenance of that population. Jeff, what about the public helping you to get more data? A year ago, you put together kind of a walleye fishing tournament. What are you doing this year? Last year, we ran an event in the months of May and June statewide, asking anglers to participate uh, with us and report their catches. Now, most fishing tournaments, we um, see folks concentrating on the biggest fish that are caught, and that's, that's what's incentivized. That's what the prizes are handed out for. But the biggest fish in a system really doesn't tell us much about the biology of that system. So with this tournament, we're providing uh, prizes for both the biggest fish and the most fish. And if you go fishing and don't catch any fish, we hand out a hard luck prize every week also. Happens for nine weeks in May and June. I realize that might be uh, not the best walleye fishing time frame on the Mississippi River. But, you know, the state is pretty big. The walleye opener at Okaboji doesn't happen until uh, a week or so into May. Uh, walleye fishing doesn't really heat up at Lake Rathbun until June sometime. And so we're just trying to encompass the whole gamut and be able to get some data. Now, you might ask, why does the DNR want data? And uh, the reason for that is walleyes, like we've talked about, are super important here in the state of Iowa. And in April, all of the DNR staff um, that work in fisheries are assigned to one of a variety of locations to work on collecting those adult walleyes, bringing them into the hatchery, harvesting the eggs, and then creating those hatchery resources that we can then stock later in the year. The additional challenge we have is that walleyes tend to only be shallow and susceptible to our sampling either during the early spring or else late in the fall. So we have a disconnect between when staff are available to do monitoring on the breadth of walleye systems in the state 
and when the walleyes are available. If we're only working at six lakes, we cannot effectively get information about the hundred plus more walleye systems that we have in the state. So in order to get more data, we're working on this project with anglers, trying to cooperate and work with our anglers, having them collect information, having them report their catches to us, and seeing how well that information matches up with systems where we do have some data. We did this as an experiment last year, and we got some really solid information on a few of our systems that matched up very well between the angler data and our sampling data. So what we're trying to do is expand this. Uh, I believe last year we didn't have a single fish reported from pools 9, 10, and 11, but an angler uh, did do a lot of fishing down on pool 16, and we got some really good information for that. So we're hoping to get more information from our anglers about those other Mississippi pools, about the Upper Iowa River, um, the Wapsie, uh, the Turkey, etc. There's lots of places in Northeast Iowa to go walleye fishing. And we'd just like to see some more information about that so we can make better decisions about do we need to change our stocking strategies? Some area where we should be improving habitat. Do we potentially need a little bit of a regulation change to help protect those walleye fisheries? And without data, we can't make any of those decisions. Well, let me um, ask this of you from the perspective of the fishermen and women. Am I really enough of a walleye fisherman to do this? And what's in it for me if I do help you? Well, that's, that's a fabulous question. It's interesting. So we are in trying to engage with a wide variety of anglers. We know that people are going out fishing. We know that our hardcore bass tournament anglers, when they're out fishing for bass, they catch walleyes. So we've asked those folks that aren't even targeting walleyes to participate in this event and report their walleye catches to us. Uh, it does cost $25 to enter this event, this tournament. So that is a little bit of a hindrance to some folks, but it lasts for nine weeks. And most of the time, if you're entering a tournament, um, that $25 doesn't even cover your, your one event, let alone nine continuous weeks. We are handing out prizes every week for the biggest walleye, the most walleyes, and we're handing out prizes for tough luck or hard luck prize. If you don't catch a fish, but you went out fishing and you recorded that you did so on the app, you're in line to potentially triple your money and win $75 or an equivalent prize just for having been out fishing, even if you didn't catch anything. We have uh, tried to work with our local um, businesses, and I want to give a shout out to your sponsor, um, Murray's Bait and Tackle there in Guttenberg. They are one of the top 40 licensed sellers of fishing licenses in the state of Iowa in the little town of Guttenberg. They're doing a great job. They're a fantastic partner, and we're working with folks just like them throughout the state to try to uh, get people involved in this event. And uh, some of those folks are, are giving prizes. Uh, so we've got, um, like here in the central Iowa area where I'm at, we've got Bass Pro Shops and Sportsman's Warehouse that are giving some prizes for Big Creek Lake and Easter Lake. We've got uh, other folks throughout the state 
Uh, we've got Shields over in Sioux City that are going to give some prizes for Browns Lake. And we're working with folks up and down the Mississippi River, too, for localized prizes. I think we've got some stuff uh, in the works for individuals who may catch the most walleyes in Pool 10 and 11. And uh, hoping to get some prizes for biggest walleye caught in that area, too. So, you know, oftentimes the person who catches the biggest walleye is the kid with a worm under a bobber next to a dock. So, um, you know, if you want to have that opportunity to to win that prize, uh, just sign up. It's it's pretty inexpensive in comparison to a lot of things. And um, you may you may win a really cool prize. Now, I assume all of this is done on your phone and your documentation done on your phone. So how can you get that app downloaded to your phone? It's called the My Catch app, and it's from Anglers Atlas. There's some folks based in Canada. And all you have to do is download uh, that app. And, and we've got some links on our website, the DNR website, and uh, and we can get lots of information out there. We've got signs in the uh in a variety of the bait shops and sporting goods stores where there's a QR code that you can scan on your phone. And the cool thing about this is cheating really isn't possible. You catch the fish, you put it on a measuring board, which can be just as simple as a tape measure. You have the uh, the nose of the fish at the zero end, and you got to be able to read the numbers at the other end. You take a picture via the app on your phone, that says when the fish was caught. It shows us how big the fish was caught. And uh, with the GPS on your phone, it also says where the fish was caught. Now, don't worry. Nobody anywhere other than the vendor in Canada, and he's like nine hours north of uh, Vancouver, BC. So he's not going to come to your secret spot. And his his uh, mantra is secret spots stay secret. So nobody's going to find out exactly where you caught that fish. The DNR will get some um, filtered data that will tell us it's on pool 11 or it's on pool 10 or something like that. But you can't upload a photo from the the monster you caught back in 2017 or anything like that. It's got to be, you got to be on the water. You've got to be, you know, within the bounds of that water body. You got to be within the time frame, May 1st to June 30th. And you got to take a picture that we can see. And every last fish that gets entered gets verified by their catch team. So uh, you really can't cheat. It's pretty simple and easy. And the reward for participating, we've got, I believe, well over $7,000 in prizes that are going to be uh, handed out uh, over the course of this event. So it's it's being very well received, both broadly with those statewide prizes that we're giving away every week and by those local businesses that are stepping up and sponsoring uh, local events like on Pool 10 and 11. Well, Jeff, even as you were talking, I was able to download this app and I've got it ready for me to fill out all the information in it. So I'll follow on through with that. I think this should be very interesting. It's good for the fishery. Uh, it's fun for the fisher persons. And I think that uh, if we keep promoting it, maybe you'll get enough information this year uh, to show that there's an increase in interest and activity. Uh, and so people will try it out. So I, uh, I hope this goes well for you. 
Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and and helping us get the word out about this. And to the folks listening, we're working really hard on this because, like I say, we want to shorten the time between bites. Our entire goal is to make your walleye fishing better. And in order to do that, we, we want your help. And we're working hard to get some prizes so you can get some kickback from this. So please sign up yourself. Get your angling friends uh, to sign up too. Uh, the more the merrier on this. And um, if we're successful, I think the thing you're going to see from it in the future is the best we can do at the Iowa DNR to make your fishing better. Jeff Kapaska, who is the fisheries biometrician at DNR. Thanks again for your information, and uh, we'll keep up with you and hopefully be able to get some feedback from you after this is all completed. Definitely. I'd be happy to do that. That's our program for today. We publish a new report almost every Friday, and you can be notified by subscribing to this podcast. There is no cost to do so. For Bob Urban at Murray's Bait and Tackle on the south end of Guttenberg under the big walleye, I'm Ken Root. Good luck and good fishing.